okay, while we're making the, the switch over and that kind of thing, if you need to stand up and stretch, this is a good um, time to do that. Um, we've got one uh, last session that we want to, to share with you today. And I also want to share with you um, some um, resources that we have, uh, since this is our last session, to ways for you to continue to get the up-to-date research-based information. Um, we talked a little bit about diabetes forecast. This uh, uh, subscription comes from the American Diabetes Association. It's like $20 a year, and it um, includes your membership and 10 magazines for that $20. And they've really worked in the last two years to take and um, beef up their articles and give a quick hints and ideas in a very concise way, like I talked about the exercise um, one that is in there this month. Another one that the articles go in a little more detail or depth is diabetes self-management. Um, this one, uh, go to the webs and, and put this in and you'll be able to get this uh, magazine. This and again comes about twenty to thirty dollars a year and the articles are more in depth with this one uh, but uh, they have um, really good things and it is reasonably in price. The one thing they have uh, every month or every magazine they'll have what are your doctors reading and so they'll give you some of the same information that they are, are reading and doing. Now there's also um, another magazine that comes out of uh, Better Homes and Gardens in Des Moines and it's called Diabetes Living. It comes every two months and um, it does have a lot of recipes in it. If that's something you just need that stimulation to keep your diet interesting and that kind of thing, I'd encourage that. And you can go to Meredith Corporation's webpage and, and purchase it. They advertise this book, um, low, carb uh, low Carb Desserts, and we did purchase it and we've been using it in programming. Um, it was $10 for the magazine, came out in uh, fall of 16. Just because a recipe is in a low carb cookbook or a, what is considered a, di a diabetes cookbook, you have to look at them carefully. A, you have to look at the serving size, and then you have to look at how many carbs for that, that serving size. And we'll talk about that with our recipes here in a few minutes, is that um, there's one recipe, you make it in a nine by nine pan, and it cuts into 25 pieces. Well, if we think about a nine by nine pan, that's gonna be smaller than our two inch square that we're, we've talked about so often. So you wanna um, take that care, uh, in, into thought when you look at a recipe you want to look at the number of carbs per serving and what then what is the car, uh, serving size it can say oh there's only one gram uh, of, or 15 grams or one carb exchange to a serving but that serving may be you know like this so you have to really look at it and look at the size of serving that you are are, are eating this book, I found this last year when I went to a conference in California, but I really think it gives us some very good information. And again, it's put out by Meredith Corporation or Better Homes and Gardens. So it's flavors that we like here in the Midwest, but it's set up according to um, different um, uh, meat groups 
And then as we look at it, each of the chapters is set up the way we plan our meals around the meat. And then on, on one side is what your nine inch plate that Terry talked about should look like and half of it be uh, filled with non-starchy fruits and vegetables. And then on this side, it, on the opposite side of the picture, it gives you the recipes as well as all of the nutrition information. And also in the back of this book, it has low-cal desserts. And these are all one carb exchange for um, the, the recipe for one serving. So um, if you're looking for a resource book for home, I think this would be um, well worth checking out. Okay, so my um, topic this time is dealing with criticisms, the do's and don'ts. And we, when we are di uh, diagnosed with diabetes, we have a lot of people willing to tell us all about our diabetes and what we're, um, we should be doing. They know way better than we do. And so just the initial diagnosis can bring on lots of concern and criticisms. And they, some people may say, well, you didn't live a healthy enough life, so that's why you have diabetes, and they'll, they'll blame you for it. They'll, they'll question your food selections, where, whether you're at a family gathering, a church potluck, whatever it is, they'll look on it as being their duty to monitor what um, you're taking in. And so we really have to look at it. And so um, some of those comments are coming from outdated information, um, coming from a lack of understanding of what is going on in your body. If it's coming from a loved one or family member, it may truly be coming out of love for you and fear of what might happen or that kind of thing. And even if the intentions are good with their comments, they're usually, usually clumsy and they hurt. And so we have to look at how do we take and deal with those comments. And one of the best things we can do is preparation. We can develop a planned response that we're going to share with them. And in the handouts, you'll find the goldenrod colored slides are my slides, and then the yellow sheet is the narrative type thing that goes in and gives you more information. So does anybody have a good response that you've had or been able to practice and share with those people that are questioning you? And this is where we get I dead. Tell them I'm a trained food policeman. You are a trained food policeman so that you can take and, and ferret it out and that kind of thing. Um, so you um, want to look at those kinds of things and, and, and have a response for them. Come back with it. Um, I know that... Um, with my father, whenever he would call, the first thing that would come out was, this is what my blood sugar is today. And you know, I really did not want to be that food policeman. I did not want to have that be our total relationship. But that was, that was where he, he put that out there and it was really a challenge in, in looking at it because our relationship should have been way more than, than that whole process. So as those comments come, and we have to take a look at them, um, if you know that they're coming from a point of ignorance, lack of education, lack of up-to-date um, information or that, those are the comments you just let slide. And, and yeah, you still internalize them, but the things, those are ones that we have to take and just um, try not to take them too personally as, as we're working with it. 
But if we find that those criticisms or those comments are coming from those who love us, we probably need to take somewhat of a look at it and see you know, what is causing their concern and how do we turn that to um, a support for us and support of looking at it um, as, as their concern and what can we do to get them to um, work with us or that kind of thing. And so one of the things is we can do is practice reflective listening. And I've been trying this week to teach this to, to fourth graders. This is, this is a, t a tough skill to do. But in, in re do, using reflective listening, what we can actually do is say, am I hearing you correctly that you're concerned about my overall health rather than questioning this serving size of food or that kind of thing? What we can do with the reflective listening is through practice, we can push it back to them in a way that is less hurtful and help them learn to express their concern in a more supportive way rather than a critical way. And so that the, you know, the uh, criticism as we work with through education becomes a constructive rather than destructive. But now if the concerns are expressed by our healthcare team, we really do need to listen to them and, and ask them for additional information, additional clarification in doing that. Our healthcare team, and I look at, when I define a healthcare team, I'm looking at your physician, possibly an endocrinologist or specialist, your dietitian, your healthcare coach, and their nurses as, as we're looking through those. You may also have um, personal trainers or that kind of thing. Those are, those are the healthcare team. In, and you can also add your pharmacist into that because they can really give you lots of information related to your medication or that. We know that their time is really crunched and their time with you is usually measured and, and just a matter of minutes. And so that you get the answers to the questions that you need, you need to go into that appointment having thought through and even more effective is writing your questions down that you want to get answers to. And my husband has really become artful in this whole process. Now sit down, slow down, and, take, and, and go through that again. And then he repeats or reflectively list, uh, listens with his doctor and repeats, am I hearing you correctly? Um, and that's been an effective thing of getting, understanding that message. You may also want to take a second person with you to those medical appointments so that they hear it in a, you know, in a, maybe in a different way and catch points that you didn't catch. Um, and so those are ways to manage that communication with your healthcare team and, and, and really make it count for the money and the time that you're investing in that d discussion. And so you want to listen carefully to the people that do have diabetes, that have picked up good tips and strategies for managing and self-controlling their disease. What products do they use? What food recipes do they use? How do they do different things? Little things that can refresh and revive and rejuvenate or motivate you are really great things um, to, to use. And that information from your, your healthcare team is really important um, to listen to them. Listen to them and then comment back. Did I get this straight? What is that brand name again? And at, 
as an underlying point. Remember, people do mean well, and they are concerned for you, even though it's um, sometimes clumsy. Now, if there is that uncomfortable conversation, I'm not saying that you have to deal with all of those people and you have to work with it. If you're in an uncomfortable conversation, dismiss yourself, walk away. Oh, I've got to go check on something and, and have something, but pull yourself out of that um, conversation, especially when they go into, well, you know, I've heard this product works really well or if you do this and take this product um, you can go ahead and do that I was involved in a meeting yesterday where one of the ladies shared you know well I do this and this well where did you get it oh off the TV and you really want to have a researched medical base for the things that you're looking at so those are things those types of comments are the things to let go of as well Switch the topic to something you know they're really um, like or that kind of thing. Switch it to gardening, pretty non-threatening, or what are you trying, what are you using, those kinds of things. Or, you know, the weather or something that it can be a non-controversial but takes the focus off of you. Most of us like to get the focus off of ourselves no matter what it is. A trick is ask them about their grandkids. What do they like to, to talk about more than their children and their grandchildren? And they can go on and on and on and forget uh, telling you about some weird cure or Grandma Flora had this happen because she was diagnosed with diabetes. So um, use that trick to change the uh, uh, conversation. Also, you being up to date and having the latest information from research-based type things, um, then you can cite studies. The American Diabetes Study says this. Um, research tells me this. This is why I'm doing it. Um, if you can come from a factual point instead of I believe or I think, that will baffle them and stop them in their, in their tracks as well. Um, practice those responses so that you've got it. Um, Stacy shared with you new ways to monitor blood sugars and that. People really are fascinated by the use of new technology. So showing them apps that um, you're using to track your blood sugars and that takes the discussion away from you to how does that work and how does it help you out. And so those are some things. By knowing your blood sugar levels, just like Terry talked about, you know, you don't exercise if your blood sugar level is over 250. Knowing those kinds of things puts you in control of dealing with any of the dangerous type things and knowing what your body is doing. Um, also, if you can cite those, you know, this happened from this study, then you can take and um, really sound factual because you are factual and that kind of thing. Now, um, some people are really concerned about medication and they hear all these things, whether it be on the radio, or on the TV, or they read it on the internet or the web. And they may come up with, well, I hear you're taking this medication and I just heard that can be really bad for you. Well, you need to know what that study was. Was it an actual study? How big was the group of people that were tested? How long was the test? How was it re replicated? Or was it just by reading various study reports and combining something? And finally, if they're questioning the medication you are taking, you say, well, I will visit with my 
t medical team the next time I visit and I'll ask them about it. But I have to rely on them that they're taking my full medical history into account as they're prescribing the medications and they're prescribing what they feel is best for me based on my body and my blood sugars. So those are things that you can do um, to do it. Um, and then Stacy talked about the different apps that you are using and um, those kinds of things. Now, you can take and ask your family to help you with indirect things. Do not ask them or allow them to become your pancreas um, because only you and your body can do that. But if there's some things that they can do in a um, uh, program that we gave, there was a daughter that brought her dad glazed donuts every Saturday and he would feel that he had to eat the donuts because they were a gift from his daughter. Well, she was bringing them because she thought he was deprived. Well, he would spend the rest of the day with high blood sugars feeling really bad because he ate that donut to indulge her. You need to have that candid discussion. Please come visit me, but don't bring the donuts. They just, they cause me more grief and problems and I feel obligated to eat them. So you need to have those candid um, conversations. But if you, you know, if you've got the alarms, um, on your pump. They need to know what those alarms mean and be able to do it. Also, your family members need to know how to read that pump. I was in a situation trying to help um, a, a student and her blood sugars were out of quack. And even I had done all of this diabetes education, I did not know how to read that pump and I felt really helpless. So you need to communicate with your family so that they know, um, you know how to read those things, how they can be of best support to you. You can only do that by telling them. And so um, having those candid conversations with them is really important. Um, and show them how close you are to, um, with your blood sugar control. Um, educating people will help them, prevent them from criticizing because they will know, they will know from you where you're at and it shows that you are in control of your con, um, uh, condition. And then it's also important that you um, help them realize that they haven't, um, that they, you know, they can't control it for you, but you are controlling it. Um, turn the tables on the conversation if they're asking you about um, your exercise. Um, show them how you monitor your blood pressure and work with it. Um, also, you know, ask them, you know, what are your health concerns? Where are you at? What are your, what's your, do you know your ABCs? Do you know your A1C? Do you know your blood pressure? Um, and do you know your carbohydrate counts and your blood glucose? So um, ask them those kinds of things. And again, come back to technology. Um, if your employer is concerned, there is a resource out there called True Life Cares. And this is a pro, uh, program that pro, um, employers can uh, provide to their employees at no cost. And, it, uh, and a lot of insurance companies are now doing that, providing those um, supports from certified diabetes educators that call you or uh, nurse practitioners that call and, and answer your questions and help you stay on track with your management. And it also helps your um, diabetes team take and um, understand where, you, where you're coming from and puts you more in, in control and also your employer.
to help them understand the consequences and, and working through it. Okay, meditation is another thing that they talked about as being a really positive way to deal with criticism. Now, I know I can't get into the yoga stance, and so I'm not, I'm not standing here saying that we all should do that, but I think we need to all find a way to take and find those times where we can think mentally, work through whatever it might be that's underlying, and get to the root of why it's bothering us. I uh, have shared the example, most people hate to iron. I don't mind ironing and I get to stand in a nice area that's sur surrounded by windows on three sides and that's when I do a lot of program planning, that's when I do a lot of thought process and I don't have to think about the ironing but I'm engaged feeling like I'm getting something done. So find that activity that works for you to think through why these comments bothered you so and what can your com comeback be to them and so that you can feel in control of it. Don't, don't let others criticize what you eat. Um, have a plan and follow it. Um, Mary Claire told about one time she had given up the alcoholic drinks at a family get-together. She'd given up the starchy vegetables. She'd eaten mostly lettuce and, and non-starchy free vegetables and her meat serving because a special aunt had made a piece of pie and she wanted to taste that piece of pie. And her brother said, how can you as a dietitian, be eating that piece of cake when you're diabetic? Well, she had made all these sacrifices to get to taste that taste. And so she came back and explained to him in no uncertain terms all of the things she had done um, to, to have the allowance to be able to enjoy that dessert and work through that. And so if that's the case, ask them what they're having for dessert and what sacrifices they've made for that same choice. It switches the table on them. So shifting the conversation away from you and, and back to them. And you know, if there is a, a particular food choice, if you look at it and say, okay, I've made this sacrifice, I've done these allowances to allow me to have that, then okay. Then you know in your own mind that you, 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 have, you have done that. And in, the important thing is that you are in control of your um, uh, choices. Don't allow people to so, uh, pressure you at social gatherings like, oh, have one more drink, um, eat more pudding or more dessert or that kind of thing. Um, jokingly ask them if they would like to be responsible for taking you, um, your unconscious self, to the emergency room. That will pretty quickly deal with that whole situation of here, have more food, it won't hurt. And you get your point across very quickly with that. Um, don't get drawn into an argument about your diabetes. Um, comments usually in this case are from uninformed people. You are not going to win there. Another thing is, you know, genetics play a huge uh, uh, part in diabetes today of who's diagnosed and who is not. And so um, that also becomes an issue if they're asking, well, it was because you ate what or you didn't do what you should do or that kind of thing. Um, genetics is really a huge part of it today. And it's important that we remember that each case is unique and each person's body responds differently to foods and um, the way that their blood sugars go um, back and forth and that kind of thing. 
don't let diabetes define you. You are much more than that. Um, it's just that our pancreas and our, our cells are not operating the self, uh, are, aren't operating properly. So don't turn yourself into a victim. Yes, you do have diabetes, but you are way more than that. Don't get down on yourself. Don't criticize yourself. And make, um, remember to discuss what's bothering you with only the people you trust and feel comfortable with. And, and have that, find who that sounding board is and, and work through that. Remember, the, uh, the most important trick in dealing with criticism is to surround yourself with positive people, people who uplift you and support you, and stay away from those scaremongers, the ones that, oh, you know, great Aunt Susie was diagnosed with diabetes and went blind, you know, those kinds of people. Just stay away from them. They will not help you and they won't help you in your self-management endeavors. So um, those are some things that are there to, um, uh, to help you hopefully work on that. Also you'll find in your um, handout and your slides that we did um, work with, I did have some more things about um, uh, marriage, the diabetes and the marriage and what it can do and how it can affect it. Basically remember that when a member of your family has been diagnosed with diabetes, the partner is diagnosed also. And they worry just as much, have just as many concerns and that kind of thing. And I was at a conference, a professional diabetes conference that even talked about it as being type three diabetes and that, that worry and stress that your family members have. So there's additional uh, information to help you.